Welcome to the seventh episode of Sarvinak Podcast. <laughs> I'm Sarvin, Sarvin, and oh my goodness, today I'm so blessed because I'm talking to an actor, writer, poet, but also a very dear friend of mine recently. Um, someone that I feel home with, someone that I feel like i'm seeing myself in the mirror <laughs> i've got tenaz hey tenaz hello how you doing i'm good i'm i'm really happy to be having this conversation with you because we always have really fulfilling conversations we do we do and i think i don't know especially meeting you through this time this era has been has been insane like someone that i feel like i don't know i feel like we share so many similar experiences same background same passion but it was just so interesting that i knew you since november but i never like met you in person until like recently i know <laughs> it's yeah it's the world that we live in it's like everything is so online so many of my connections recently have been online and i feel like i'm almost i almost feel like i'm hugging people mm. but not physically it's more of a energetic thing so it was really yeah. to get to meet you in person and i remember you were saying that you were you're saying that it feels like a dream because it hasn't come true yet it's like in person yeah. But mm-hmm. then once we did it, we're like, "Whoa, I can see your height. I can see your legs. You're much taller than me." <laughs> oh, and it's different to like smell someone, you know? Everyone has their own distinct smell and to mm. get to know someone on that sense like sense sensory um experience is also another level. So, damn, I never thought about that. You're right. Like there's some stuff that I guess this virtual this um online just kind of like filters, you know, you can really Yeah, we can really sense things. Hey? <laughs> like wow, I just noticed that. Damn. Like even like impulses, like sometimes I feel like doing something like virtual or online, like you can really you know, jump in and say something. Like you always feel mm-hmm. like there's always a gap there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so I met Tanas through Leap, which is um this like playwriting program. And I'm wondering like how did you hear from that program and why did you like choose that program? Um I got an email from my school from Vancouver Film School. I went yeah. there for acting for a year. And near the end of my program, they sent us an email about this playwriting thing and um i was really encouraged through school to write my own projects and produce my own projects and not wait around for other people to give me an opportunity mm. so i was like damn this is a great way of just starting and learning about writing so then i joined and mm. i got in and Hell on the yeah. first day of introductions um everything i said you echoed it <laughs> it was insane i was like what the hell like we've both been here in vancouver for like 8 years and yeah. we're both like it was just so weird and like both of our dads were dentists and like we're like i was like what is going on yeah yeah, yeah. um i was yeah so in terms of like that was so interesting cuz that's what that's the thing that i was told to a lot in theater school i know you went to film school about like don't wait around and just start working on your projects and stuff and what do you think about that cuz sometimes i feel like some people already have jobs where some other people especially like i don't know a bipoc people i feel like they're always told to make their own work <laughs> they can't wait around but yeah how do you feel about that um at the time when i heard it it gave me a a sense of autonomy like oh i can also be in charge of my own projects and i don't have to yeah like i said wait around for someone else to hire me mm. but uh, at the same time the piece that was left out is writing is a craft 
on its own, directing and producing our crafts on their own. And it's not, it's not just something you can just sit down and, I mean, it's not something to that you can just sit down and do and then be good at it and like produce yeah. it week, you know? It's not, it's like a life thing. <laughs> For sure. So when I got into writing, it was like, I felt overwhelmed because I didn't know a lot of things about it. I wasn't good at it. I wasn't um, producing the work that I like and I admire, you know? Mm. Um, so then I was like, okay, how can I, how can I learn how to write? How can I learn how to direct? Um, which have given me a sense of purpose as well. Like, I'm not just focused on acting anymore. Um, so it's something to work towards. It's not something that comes that easy for me, you know? Yeah, 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 totally. That was interesting that you said that it's just, you can be good at it one day. You can't, like, it's just such a, you need time. Like, it takes so much time and like daily habits to work on your craft and stuff. And what are the crafts that you want to work on or you work on, you want to create? Um, like projects that I want to create? Yeah, or some stuff that you're passionate about to write or create or right. um, produce. Well, in the beginning, I've been really gravitating towards my own personal experiences in life mm. um, and drawing from them. Which can all, which also have been more vulnerable to do, and maybe a bit harder to come, um, to just get to the writing part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so like some ex- personal experiences that I want to share with the world, what it means to be me, what it means to be um, a woman. Hmm. In the world and not only that but but an Iranian woman or a woman of color um, and yeah talk about stories that aren't necessarily talked about but also have touched me in my life hmm. like watching my friend come out to their parents and seeing the pain and the joy and the ups and downs that goes on in that journey yeah i i'm curious about when you talked about like being you but also being an iranian woman i'm just like yeah like i totally feel you in that i can like see myself represented you know but if you want to represent yourself how would you show an iranian woman or how would you show an iranian version of you you know (laughs) like what is that what does that even mean um yeah that's a that's a good question because i don't think there is like one version of being an iranian woman right exactly there's so many of us there's so many um and just like you i didn't feel represented either like in school when we were supposed to choose monologues um the only monologues i could choose from were white women yeah or a few very few black women that i i felt inappropriate just taking on that story you know Mm -hmm. um so just you know um a story that i like like a a, yeah a story that i wouldn't feel bad you know embodying like something that I'm like yes this is what I lived through or my people lived through and I'm a hundred percent comfortable and okay and allowed to be that voice and to like embody that character or that monologue Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but also I can draw from personal experience and I don't have to go so far into my imagination to um to bring this to life yeah and as a person i feel fulfilled like as a person i feel like um there's value in telling the story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah do you feel like you fit in into i know there's not one version but like fit into iranian community or like especially i don't know as an iranian woman who's also like been an immigrant 
like do you feel like you have to always like i don't know fit in or do you feel like you belong or i don't know i wonder how's your experience ah uh, um i was just talking about that last night with a group of people who were exploring the idea of like mother tongue and sexuality mm -hmm. and stuff um and i i i strongly believe that my personality in iran or in the culture or in the language is stuck at 15 because i moved here when i was 15 years mm -hmm. so whenever i speak farsi i'm that 15 year old self Um I still feel insecure. I still feel like people are judging me. You know, everything that I felt as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um I still feel like um I don't have a voice. Um I don't know how to express myself. Because a lot of words that I used to express myself, I learned them in English and I don't know the translation in Farsi. Right. Um so I feel you. I so feel you. I feel like I'm still that 14-year-old, you know. Um which is interesting because I was talking about this, but I feel like I don't know, that 14-year-old, yes, self-conscious, but also like kind of like calmer and innocent and mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like now it's just all like I'm more aware. So I feel like I'm just yeah, another voice, another personality. Right. Like I'm just realizing my body language when I'm around my family. Mm. Um, I'm more open now. I'm more able to, you know, not like something as simple as hunching over. Like I'm more open, to, more able to be open with my body, and I'm um, able to just look at them in the eyes instead of having to go to my phone as an escape. You know, mm. now I can make jokes with them and actually like. even though i can't talk about maybe sexuality and like some subjects that are just maybe a bit too um heavy to talk about in, with yeah. your iranian family um but mm -hmm. at least i can look at them in the eye and feel a connection that way you know mm, that was so interesting body language them mm -hmm. um yeah cuz i i i noticed that i'm more as as the years go by and i don't know i don't know whether because i'm here or whether because i'm literally just growing <laughs> older right i feel like my body too is just um um is more open and stuff but uh there's still something that i feel just between english and farsi i feel like for me like english is more I'm more informal. Like I feel like I swear easier in in English than like in Farsi per se. Like I feel like in Farsi I still sound very like kind of polite. <laughs> kind of like formal-ish. But like in English I just feel like I just you know, like fuck it. <laughs> do you feel the same in that way? Or how do you feel? Yeah, it's definitely easier to swear in English. I don't feel like the stakes are as high. <laughs> also, yeah, totally. English, the stakes are high. Yeah, they're not as high. Yeah, also swear words in English for me are more fun and expressive, but in Farsi they're insulting and mean and disrespectful, you know? Yeah, totally. I feel like it's just heavier. Yeah. Totally, but English is just kind of like, ah. Yeah, you're right. It's just more passive. where in farsi is like it's bad don't say that <laughs> right. um and it's interesting because i feel like maybe it's this whole shame in us that it's just like if you swear then you're not proper or you're not like as i don't know intelligent or as educated i don't know i i for me it's like um i remember when i was um young and i would sit in a car with my mom and she would have road rage and <laughs> i know you've talked about it in one of your pieces yeah um and so yeah i would see her get so mad at other drivers and and swear at them and i so and that's the culture right like mm -hmm. it's so normal to be in the car and get mad at another car and just honk at them or just be loud and like swear at each other totally um, but for, i i would i just always felt embarrassed and shy and like hmm. i was like oh i don't want to be in the middle of this tension yeah totally so whenever, whenever i hear swear words in farsi it kind of like 
is a flashback to those times. Mm. You're right. I always was like, oh my God, when this is gonna end? Like it just felt so, yeah, high stakes, like you said. Yeah. Like I didn't want to stay there. I was just like, no, <laughs> don't be mean. Um, I'm curious to know whether you had, I don't know, like a funny memory in Iran or like favorite memory when you were there. Favorite? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I'm so out of touch with my memories. <laughs> I know. I feel you. I feel like. I've been so in this like abstractish world <laughs> era that we live in yeah. this COVID time. But I know I heard like because uh, we're working also in this like children. Um, um, yeah, the TYA uh, one of a kind, the children's festival. And just like, how's that experience like writing in English your past memories as a kid? Right. Um, yeah, well, I. That's a good that's a good point because a lot of my good memories come from being a kid in Iran and um, swimming was a big part of it and that's what I'm writing in that class um, <laughs> and it's um, it's just different writing something that happened to me in real life as a story because um, real life isn't a, a polished um, story that has a beginning middle and end like. Mm. And life is more, I don't know, you could say boring maybe, or less, um, less uh, interesting to watch. Hmm. So like, that's why I think it's a craft to write something that happened into a story because you have to just work on so many elements of that thing and use imagination and kind of like build this story. So in that sense, it's it's interesting for me to take something that happened in real life and write a story about it um, because I kind of feel like I'm I'm pushing it into extremes or I'm taking like a dough and making pizza out of it. Mm. Yeah, totally. I feel like um, that was interesting what you said about because I've been sometimes I wonder that too. I'm just like how are we expected to like craft this play when in real life like it didn't happen this quick you know what i mean like in real life it takes so much time for like a surprise to happen where in story it's just you're driving the story and everything has to happen all at once to make it captivating or to make it engaging mm -hmm. where sometimes in life you just i don't know sometimes i find myself waiting <laughs> Or I find myself just, it's very, um, like I feel the time, you know, where in like theater or making your own work, like everything is just high stakes and everything is just, um, yeah. And I think that's because, again, to, um, to get people's attention so they continue watching a story. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe like there's a certain structure in story writing that that structure just doesn't exist in real life. And that's one of the big things that I've learned in the past year is that life just happens and I happen to be a part of it. And hell yeah, <laughs> I have little to do with it. Mm. Uh, but in a story, it's just so different. The, the main character has to be active and interacting with life and and taking charge and going through ups and downs. And um, that's why it's different to write a story about my real things that happened to me because the story isn't, it's almost like not mine anymore. Mm. It still has the essence and the feelings that I felt and the, you know, the environment and atmosphere, but it's mm -hmm. being told in a different way. Yeah, totally. I hear you. You know what's something that's um, still challenging for me to write as a writer is, you know, when they tell you your character has to know what they want. Mm. But then sometimes when I'm living in that life, like in that phase in my life, I actually didn't know what I wanted. I was just exploring and I was like figuring it out. 
So sometimes I feel like in plays and movies, it shows that, I mean, less in the movies. In movies, you see some people still very undecisive and stuff. But in theaters, it always feels like someone is working for their goal. Someone is like, you know, and then I'm just like, but sometimes you don't know. <laughs> um, and how does it feel to just stay in the in the unknown? I think that's the scariest part. That's why nobody wants to explore that, explore the unknown, explore the, you know? Yeah, I absolutely know. And, you know, one of, it's hard to know what, what you want out of life. It's, yeah. it's not easy to just come at an answer and just have that for the rest of your life. And I think it's, I've learned that it's more important to ask the question every day, like, what do I want? Mm -hmm. And visit my goals and values and, and um, what is it that I'm really focusing my, my energy and attention on. And it's become a practice for me to keep asking myself, what is it that I truly want? Mm. The brain has this capacity of tricking us into thinking that we want other things to make us happy and content like um oh if i get the attention of that person or if i get this deadline or if i get that project or if i then i'll be happy forever mm -hmm. um, so we have this brain that's constantly lying to us or tricking us or making weird connections between events and we have to as the as the bigger self or as the awareness that you call like you're becoming more aware now mm -hmm. of that part of ourselves we have to our i have to ask myself what is it that I truly want? What is it that is going to be truly happy and peaceful and content and mm. okay with this moment, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. Totally. What do I truly want? Do you know what you truly want right now at this moment? <laughs> <laughs> um, at this moment? Um, or, or, you know, for today or just for your life or... Yeah, how do you know what you truly want? Is it like, do you choose what do I truly want this moment or what do I want truly this day? Or <laughs> Right. Um, well, first of all, it's not about the answer, right? Like, mm. whatever the answer is, that doesn't mm. matter. It's like philosophy. Philosophers spend so much time asking questions, but they, they're never satisfied with an answer because mm. life isn't just like black and white. Like, you can't just come up with an answer and be good for the rest of your life. We're always mm. going to want, more or want um, you know, we're never satisfied as human beings. Mm. Um, but like asking, what do I truly want? Like before I came to on this like Zoom call to talk to you, I knew that I had to ground myself and, and like meditate because I wanted to like be in this experience with you and have a conversation with you and, mm. and see you and hear you and and you know be present with you mm. um damn so, yeah. yeah it's it could be like that you're right it's just before starting something like it could be as clear as that you know because sometimes for me it's just wanting a bigger thing but sometimes right. it's all about like, oh, okay, but what what do I need truly now? Like, you know, like right now. Right. And being really specific with it. Very right. specific. That's yeah. something that I learned in acting school. Um, my my favorite teacher, Kathy, Kathy DeBork, she, um, she, before every rehearsal, she would be like, what is it that you want from this rehearsal round mm -hmm. um, and not not the character, but you, you the actor, what is it that you want? So we had to set an intention for ourselves um, so so that our mind would, like I have something clear to work towards um, or I have something clear that I want to um, um, notice when it happens. Um, mm -hmm. And that way, um, I know what I'm looking for and it's it's specific it's mm. you know it's decided already so yeah. do you think it's a feeling or doing something like all these intentions because I think for me sometimes it's like I know sometimes I wanted to be doing but I think it's a feeling like like you said I wanted to feel present with you today instead of like I wanted to do well on this podcast. You know what I mean? Right. 
Well, that's the the thing. It's like doing uh, mindfulness or being mindful, right? Mm. Like there's, that's, that's a huge part of like meditation and why it's so intimidating to people. It's because we sometimes think that, um, like I used to think that I should just be present and I should be like doing something when I'm meditating, like Mm. on my breath um, or stopping my thoughts um, Mm -hmm. or being in the moment. So there was this sense of like, I have to do something. I have to somehow be more than what I am now. Like Mm. I need to put in effort. Um, But now what I've learned is I, um, I'm just gonna realize when I'm present. I'm just gonna realize when I'm paying attention to my breath, or I'm just gonna mm. realize the spaces between my thoughts. Um, mm. So it's more of a thing of like I'm sitting here, and when that thing happens, I notice it. Hmm. So you That's don't like plan to have it. You just like notice it if it comes. Yeah, I don't have to go anywhere to get it. I'm just sitting here, and that thing will arise. If you want it, truly. Well, if you want it or if you don't want it, like we will get, like our heartbeat goes up, you know? Mm. Our breath happens if we want it or not. It's just that um, if we decide I'm going to pay attention or I'm going to notice it when it happens, then we're just aware of it when it happens. Mm. And sometimes it might not come when we want it, right? Like it might come like later. Because sometimes I find myself like wanting this, just like let's just let's just say wanting to be present, like wanting to be present now. But then I realize that maybe, maybe it'll just come another day, you know? Right. Well, <laughs> and, that's, yeah. yeah, that's the thing about wanting something and not wanting something, because those two things are the main things that take us out of the present, add so much um, tension to the mm. our experiences because I'm saying, I want to be present. I want to get rid of this thought. I want this so bad. Mm. But that has so much tension with it as well. Instead of just being like, I'm not present right now. I, my mind is going on and on about this podcast that I'm going to do with Sarvid and my mind <laughs> is like going to every place possible I need I want to be prepared um I can also notice that you know like Mm. it doesn't have to be a silence for me to be able to notice and be present totally totally you know someone said something really interesting to me and that was in acting too um someone said uh well this is more acting than I think in real life (laughs) but um you know how like sometimes you say I don't want to sound like this. I don't want to like do this, like use the negative thing. But then he was like, if you just keep saying, I don't want this, I don't want to do this. Okay, what's the solution, (laughs) right? If you keep saying, I don't want, then you can't just focus on, I don't want. You got to focus on what do you want? But then that was interesting that what you said though, that is like sometimes even focusing on, I want to also gives you tension. So I think it's just about allowing just things happen naturally. Like what would, what's the, like, um, yeah, I read it in a book as well. Um, The book was called Unfuck Your Mind. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds interesting. Okay. Um, And they were saying, instead of saying, I don't want this to happen, say I'm willing for this to happen because Mm. When that thing that I'm so scared of happens, I get to see that it's not as scary or I get to see what I'm going to learn from it or I'm going to see that I'm alive at the end of the day and like nothing bad happened to me. Like I'm safe as a human being, you know? Mm. Damn, that's smart, my friend. I want to I want to read that book now. What the hell? <laughs> Do you have it? <laughs> I, I listened to the audio version of it. Which oh, was really nice. Yeah. Totally. Great. Damn. Oh my God, Tanaz. <laughs> I just feel like I just love all these conversations because I feel like we just go so so deeper and just like keep asking like why we feel this and just keep asking, like you said. Like I don't wanna look for answers. <laughs> I just wanna keep asking. And that's what I value 
the most with our friendship is that we allow the space for each other to explore these ideas, you know? Like mm. we allow ourselves to just be uncomfortable or ask questions or be weird or like explore different ideas and um mm. i think at the end of the day it's really important to to for me to surround myself with people who um who, who are willing to engage in uncomfortable or like unknown things mm. I love that. I love that being like being in a space with someone and actually feeling uncomfortable, you know, because we always don't want to feel uncomfortable, you know. Again, we don't want that right. because we're so scared of it. But like how will we allow it? How right. will we allow being uncomfortable? Cuz there's a reason why we feel uncomfortable. Like why can we unmask things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think um what happened yeah because right now we're like exploring i think it's just based on our experiences but this whole storytelling thing that we're we're doing that we're gonna facilitate i feel like it all started with this you know it all started with like why are we uncomfortable why are we like we need a community like that was a big thing for us we need a we need a community we need a space where we can talk about these things without feeling ashamed or without feeling just feeling hurt feeling seen feeling like we don't need to over explain everything to the west or to you know people who don't go through the similar thing and i think that's why we came up with that storytelling workshop yeah it was basically it started when we uh when um we wrote about our experiences in the leap playwright um workshop Mm -hmm. and um we 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 felt this intense like um uh, understanding for each other's stories i felt like we felt like um really close to each other's stories mm. um and we didn't feel like we had to over explain it like the idea was really clear to the both of us mm. maybe not to the audience or to other people um and that's fair like we need to work on our um plays for it to make total sense but like we got, we both got the essence of what we were trying to say mm. um and so we we felt the lack of a community that allows for both of us as Iranian artists to feel understood and and not having to over over explain like Ramadan or or <laughs> go to jail so often yeah um and so we decided to like create that space for Iranian and of course trans and non-binary people to to just come and share their stories and feel like without having to feel like they have to over explain themselves because we we get it we are from the same um yeah and we we've been through similar experiences so Mhm mm mhm mm totally it is exactly like you said it's the over explaining i just feel like i don't know sometimes i'm just like i work on a story and i feel like <laughs> most of the time i'm just explaining what that is instead of living into that experience living in um like in the story instead i'm teaching and we are always taught in theater school or film school to not teach your audience but i feel like again like how do i make an art that um you know everyone can like it's clear but also people can feel it can relate to it and mm -hmm. i think that's when it's about um that's what i learn is that it's a, it could be a universal theme but it could be like a different context different setting right Well, I'm I'm just re reading the book story by um um here it is by Robert McKee and mm -hmm. that's just the book that I feel like every person who's into screenwriting reads. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he is saying like don't explain things to your audience and instead make it about the dialogue and what the what the characters want make it about the journey like there there should be a reason why they're they're saying the things about you know the background of the story mm. yeah 
but that's that's where we are in our writing journey like we're trying to figure out how to freaking do it you know <laughs> yeah yeah man that's like another level for sure um i i also really want to talk a little bit about your your play that you're writing for leap mm-hmm. and because you're really like highlighting on um iranian women's experiences and i wonder um Like, how were you inspired to write those stories? When I came here, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, it was it was really hard to fit in. It was really hard to find my voice. It was really hard to just be myself and feel like there are people who understand me and get me and want to hear about my experiences. And yeah, it was really hard to belong. So I spent all of my high school years here, like for grade 10 to 12, trying to figure out how to be a part of this culture. Mm-hmm. How was it different, the culture from Iran? Um, well, let me also say this, that because you asked about my play, yeah. and that's the play that I'm writing. Like mm-hmm. my experience in high school here as an immigrant and, um, and also having this other world in Iran, like having my best friend in Iran still, Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the parallel of the two world, worlds and how I still didn't free, didn't feel free here, um, even though it's a Western country and um, people come here for the freedom, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And that was interesting too. Like, uh, I don't know if you want to mention this, but how like you wanted to like... Um, sign up for drama but like they were like no you can't because you're an ESL or something did that happen or did, was that fictional for your story no it happened because yeah. uh, acting has been a huge part of my life like even in uh, elementary school I used to just do improv in front of my whole class and make them laugh and <laughs> that made me feel really fulfilled and I felt like I was um through entertaining and being funny I I mattered you know that I mm. part of them and they needed me to feel happy or laugh or whatever um and then yeah i i always had a passion for theater so i came here and i was like the only class that i wanted to take was drama yeah finally i could feel a little bit at home and then they said you can't take drama but you can take esl drama and at first i was like okay sure i was open to the idea but i show up to esl drama and First of all, it's a small class. There's no stage. Um, we're learning more about English than drama. Mm. There's no sense of family or ensemble in that class. Mm. Um, everyone can barely speak English or if they can't, like we're all awkward, right? We're all in this new world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know how to talk to each other and don't know like the common thing that's making us like we couldn't find anything to relate to each other so it was just a not fulfilling at all and i would see these theater kids just like having lunch and being loud and wearing all of their (laughs) uh, weird out there clothes and like just being so themselves and yeah it was like i wanted to be a part of them so badly but i couldn't because i was in esl Mm. Um I remember like when I was in ESL too when I came in um grade eight and grade nine, I was in ESL and uh, I just felt like I didn't want to be part of that I just wanted to like I hate it like I would like I don't know go to my counselor and every time I'd be like can I just go to the regular English please please like begging <laughs> um but that's just so I don't know because I but at the same time I feel like it was drama that made me fluent in English you know made me actually mm. express myself more and also like be yeah be comfortable with um with well, the language I, I found a lot of self-confidence in drama class totally first time I was in drama class I felt like oh I can finally talk and I can finally express myself and mm-hmm. yeah I felt a lot of self-confidence through that class and I'm not saying ESL is a bad thing I'm not mm-hmm. saying that it shouldn't be there but Um, the way they program and the way they run it, I feel like it's not as inclusive. 
No, it, it's basically like you are not a part of your grade until your English is perfect. Yeah. And come on, I've been learning English since I was seven. My English mm. is good. I can take care of myself in English. Like I got a mark at like it was, it was like out of forty, and I got a thirty-five, and that meant I had to be in ESL three or something. You know? Oh my god. Yeah, like there were levels. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> First, when I came, I was in uh in grade in grade eight. I I was in level three, and then in grade uh, nine. Sorry, in grade eight, I was in level three, and then in grade nine, I was in um, four, and then and then and then five. There are five levels, right? <laughs> I think it was four. For me, it was four for levels. Oh, was it? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it was four. But I remember how much, like, yeah, there was just so many comparisons. Like, I always wanted to be <laughs> in level four and stuff. And I didn't even want to be in level four, actually. I just wanted to be out of it. I didn't want to be in it because um, it wasn't as fun, as inclusive as, um, yeah. Like, I honestly wanted to just speak English with everyone. But in ESL, I feel like every community was, like, speaking their own language. So it just felt, like, so... Like not a circle, not a same space at all, <laughs> where drama classes were. You know, I like one of my main goals was to speak English fluently, so I could be a part of the culture. Mm. And being in ESL meant that I wasn't a part of the culture because my English wasn't fluent. Um, mm. So I actually felt a lot of like shame when I was in ESL. I remember my first friend that I um, found, that I, I felt really close to. Mm. Um, she would ask me like, what class do you have? And I, I, I would hesitate to tell her that I have ESL because I didn't want her to think that I'm lacking, you know? Because there was a term for it, for people who were like foreigners, they would call it FOB. I don't know if you have that term. I freaking hate that term. I hated it. <laughs> like I was trying so hard to not be a FOB, which is like fresh off the boat. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, people, people don't realize how how like it how much it hurts someone to be called fob because yeah. that literally means you're calling us a foreigner and i know it's like you go to a grocery store and they say like the the uh, what do they say like the foreigner section or the exotic i don't know just names that are for yeah like, ethnic or like foreigner like Foreigner means someone who is not from here, someone who's outside of the box. Yeah, you're already like out making them an outsider instead of like including them in your own space. And I had a I had a friend who would call me fob as a joke. And they were a person of color as well, but it's like I don't mm. think they quite understood what it meant to call a person of color fob. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> because i spent so long fighting against it you know me too I, I now i feel embarrassed to say it but i remember when i was because in grade nine i started to be in drama classes and then i would see pe even people in drama classes they would be like oh yeah those are fobs and then i would say yeah those are fobs too like even in grade nine like i wanted to fit in so hard that i like wanted to do anything but be a fob and actually agree that, oh my God, I don't want to be a fob and they are fob. I'm not, but I'm just right. like, why this term even exists? Why are we using, I hope they're not using it now, but I mean, we're both like quite recent graduates from high school. It's not like 10 years ago. Like we graduated five or four years ago. <laughs> they're still probably using it. Eh? <laughs> you, you mentioned a really good point because I feel like that goes into internal racism. Like I didn't want to- totally with other Iranian um, students who were new to school because that also meant that I am one of them and I am totally. not, um, you know like these are all in internal things and of course I had a lot of Iranian friends and they were my only friends but I wasn't you know I also felt this shame about it that I should be with the person who is so fluent in English um, so we we have that internal racism as well like we have to own up to it right it's it's there and it's present and we're all guilty dude, of it dude totally totally i had the same exactly experience where 
because I wanted my English to be like, you know, to be fluent and to be good. Um, I just remember I would be friends with people who actually like I didn't want to be friends with them. I just wanted to be friends with them because English was their first language. But then other people that were actually a bit closer to my, you know, um, like I would actually be friends with those people. But because like, I don't know, they spoke English with an accent or they, you know, or like English wasn't their first language. And, then, and especially like Iranians, I feel like I definitely did that too. I definitely didn't want to hang out with them because I didn't want to speak Farsi. I just remember how much I didn't want to speak Farsi. Yeah, because because I, I just wanted to fit in so bad. Damn, that there are so many um, inner racism in us. And um, I feel like I'm still healing from that and um, just seeing people for who they are. Um, you know, instead of like, oh my God, this person, I want to be friends with this person because English is their first language or, oh my God, like, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I feel like I spent so much of high school years and maybe this was a part of my development or like I had to learn this or whatever. Like, I'm not bashing the experience, but I spent so long um, facing the idea of um, belonging in high school mm. that I forgot to but I didn't ha have any energy left in me to focus on myself or, or go inwards or any of that. Like, I feel like even having a friend wasn't important to me as much as the status of belonging, you know? The status of being popular or the status of having friends and not being a loner. Mm. Um, and it hasn't been until recent years, like the pandemic, that I really realized, hold on a second. Um, it's not about the people around me. It's really about me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really about my relationship with myself. These people are just around to, to teach me more about myself. And um, I'm also glad that I met you because I feel like you, knowing you as a friend and talking to you with our experiences, it's bringing me closer to my roots and to my Iranian side. Mm. Uh, without feeling shame. I actually feel empowered when I talk about those things with you. Mm, me uh, too. Totally. <laughs> you just got to find the, you know, the people, right people for you. And um, I feel like it's just so important. I feel like as soon as I think that happened actually in theater school, as soon as like I had to embrace my because there's something my roommate always says, which is like, in order to go forward, you got to know where where you've come from. Like you, you can't go forward if you don't know where you've come from. And I feel like I was just so focused on going forward that I really forgot to embrace my past and my past self, like our, you know, our 13, our 14, 15 year old selves and just like really loving the person we were and we still are. Yeah. Well, you know, hence why the Empowered Women of Iran workshop, May 15, 16, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Zoom. Oh, my God. This <laughs> is like a, a dream come true. <laughs> totally. Oh, my God. That's why this workshop is happening. For anyone who's eligible and interested, please, please let us know. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We want to hear your story. Yeah, we just want to start yeah expanding this community because we need each other we need to we need each other to be ourselves and to feel really empowered and you know this this time around it's about empowered women of iran like we're mm -hmm. focusing on the on on people who have had experiences or been perceived as women in iran um but we start like you and i we see it as something expanding into um more than just Iran, more than just Middle East. And totally. it's really about, uh, the experience of um, being empowered as a human being, but we do feel like it's really important for women of Iran or whoever have had, that have been perceived as a woman in Iran mm -hmm. uh, to, to come up and have a space to talk about their experiences, especially because um, women in Iran aren't allowed to speak their voice and fight for their rights and um, mm -hmm. share their music or poetry with the world. Totally. Yes. 
And if you're listening and if you're one of them, I love you. And I hope you can message us <laughs> and be part of this. Oh well, my God. <laughs> okay, you know what? <laughs> Comment below or message me on Instagram. <laughs> um, we're having we some. We have an email. Yes, we have an email address. Yes, we do. Do you want to say it? Do you remember how 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 to spell? Yeah, it's I have the poster right in front of me. It's um empowered women, but women with an X instead of E. So empowered women 101 at gmail.com. Please email us and we'll get back to you. Oh my god, Tanaz. Thank God I have you in my life. Thank God for this conversation. Bless your soul. Where can we find you on social media and your next performances or work? Um, I usually post them. Okay, so I delete Instagram until I have to post something and share it with the world. So <laughs> Instagram is Tanaz Rude, um, T-A-N-A-Z-R-O-U-D. But Wait, I'm Rude as in river? Yeah. That's beautiful. I just realized what your last name means. <laughs> Aw, you are the river. You're always flowing in the water. I do feel like I'm water. Totally, you are. Even though you're Capricorn. <laughs> We're both Capricorn. The earth signs. Um, but yeah, also Facebook. And as Rudgar. But honestly, I'm not really on social media. <laughs> yeah you just email me or something it's drudegar at gmail.com yeah totally and your next work well you're doing um, one of a kind three which will be filmed soon and it'll be out hopefully beginning of June yes. and you're also we're also doing our leap where um, mm-hmm. our plays are going to be read on on May 20 May 20 first <laughs> and also our workshop is going to be on the 15 and 16 so exciting things are happening we're firing oh, yeah yeah empowered women it's going to be on may 15 16th and our play reading is going to be may 21st so it's going to be a good month for sure. it is going to be a good month it's going to be we're going to fire each other up that's yeah. for sure yeah yeah Thanks, my friend. I love you. We have rehearsal soon, so (laughs) in an hour. So thanks for doing this. Thanks for being part of this episode. Well, thank you for having me. And I'm really proud of you for doing this. And, you know, you're really, um, you're really dedicated to this, really recording every week. I've been witnessing it. Oh, I'm sending you a lot of love. Oh, thanks, my love. Love you. Love you.